welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be anywhere you want it to be? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers, and the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Thanks for joining us today and welcome into the show. Glad to have you here today, big country, as we dive into the world of a lot of football talk Mm -hmm. today. Also going to get into some baseball. Haven't, Haven't been over there in a minute. And, That's been all right. <laughs> uh, some would you rather questions. A lot fan submitted, listeners submitted, actually followers on Twitter submitted. Uh, but we appreciate that. Welcome in, big fella. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Quite the uh, introduction there. Talked about baseball. Royals game last night. Pretty exciting. Shohei Otani, pretty good game. Everyone's upset like, man, Angels just can't win. You know, da da da. You guys also the freaking Royals first off. As a Royals fan, it's like, hey. Found a way to win that ball game. Way uh, to go, young guys. Bobby Witt hit another home run last night. I saw that one. Yep. Uh, multi-hit home run. Multi-home run game. Shohei hit a home run? Uh, two as well, I believe. Those West Coast games, can't watch them. Yeah. Can't stay up for it. And yep. not that it's like even really an option for me um, because of Valley Sports. I don't know if you saw this. They're doing their like Valley Sports Plus. Mm. I know you're a big subscription guy. Yeah, I can't so wait can, to... You can subscribe and get, you know, all the games that you want. I assume. I actually, you know what, I haven't even looked into this at all. I did see they were doing it the other day. Kansas City is one of the teams slash areas they're experimenting with, with their subscription service. Are the games still blacked out? If they are, there's no point in it. Like, why why even offer right. a streaming service? Like, that's the same thing with MLB Network. It's like, oh, who's your favorite team, the Royals? All right, well, cool. You can't watch the game. It's blacked out. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the freaking point of having this? It being all, like I don't care to watch the Mets and the Braves play. I just, I don't. I want to see what the Royals are doing. Yeah, like if I'm going to pay for it, the only the only reason I would pay for it is to have the Royals game. Mm-hmm. However, I get those illegally for free. Exactly. So it's like I'll just keep doing that. And the other thing, like I don't want to add another subscription. Like I just wish people <laughs> would also re- like I just wish these companies like you missed the subscription window. It's over. Like don't don't keep it going. We're done. I'm not signing up for anything else. Or maybe it's just reached a point where everything is subscription-based, and it's like you have to pick your own subscriptions. You create your own package. I was talking yesterday. I was kind of looking at the, some of the cable packages and satellite TV, mm-hmm. and there are a couple where it's like, oh, choose your own plan or whatever. How, but it's not like, here, choose these specific channels. It's, hey, th- here's a group. You can get this whole group of channels together. Like, if you want ESPN, yeah. it, you have to have the Disney Channel as well. So, well, I don't want the Disney Channel. Yeah, and you're going to get, like, uh, HGTV as well. Like, I don't care about flipping no, houses. I just, I'm just i not going to do that. Like, charge $0.75 cents a month or whatever for certain channels. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a dollar for some of, the, like, the better channels. Well, we say that, and then it's like, well, man, like, I can't believe Amazon. It's not even Amazon Prime. Like, ESPN's about to pay these guys $15 million this season. Well, of course, ESPN Plus is going to go up now because they're deciding to pay all these guys. Maybe. Or you know, get a lot they of almost need to put their own money. 
They almost need to put their own salary cap on stuff. I know a lot of people call that a budget. Well, fucking make a fine line for media guys. It's like, all right, we're not paying more than this. Consumers ain't paying for it. Right. That's the market we live in, though. Um, football is. talk, too, today. Uh, yesterday, Rob Gronkowski retired, and I, like many other people, this wasn't news to me because this is not real. <laughs> this is as real as the salary cap is to me. I don't believe it for a second he's actually retired. Even his own agent, Drew Rosenhaus, came out and said, well, you know, he's retired, but if Tom Brady picks up the phone and calls him, he's probably going to answer whether that's this year or next year. Mm-hmm. Like, your own agent is just already putting that out. Like, oh, yeah, he's, he's retired. I just don't believe it. We've been talking about it a lot more on our, our radio show, but I just don't think that this is real. I think that come middle of the season, he's probably going to get that itch or, you know, maybe the Buccaneers lose two games in a row or there's mm-hmm. something going on in the, the tight end room or something. Uh, to where Brady says, hey, could really use you here this year, like you you in shape. And I, I don't know. I just think that's the plan, that Gronk is going to sit out these kind of meaningless games at the beginning of the season. He's not going to go through the OTAs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that he is planning on coming back for a playoff run. He'll come back in be, November, middle of November, to where he gets to play a couple games in December Christmas. and then roll right into the playoffs if yep. the Buccaneers are in that position. If they're not, Gronk's going to be like, all right, cool, I'm just, I'm going to be hanging out. I you know, might just be able to enjoy an entire year off, be healthy, lose some weight, not be as heavy, and then just enjoy life with my beautiful lady that I got. I was like, go off Gronk. Mm-hmm. Living the life, dude. You know what else? I just I looked at the chat for a second, and I forgot. Today is Wednesday. Oh, son of a buck. No camels out today. I checked, I checked the news. Just haven't seen anything yet. But happy hump day, guys. Yeah. Thank God somebody like Jake is here to remind us every Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> did we even talk about Taco Tuesday? I don't think we did. What an awful start to the week. It's already yeah. Wednesday. I know. Yesterday was the longest day of the year, apparently. That was a great longest day of the year for me. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up going to the driving range last night, hit a large bucket of balls, got myself some new clubs. I have pretty good. finally convinced my oldest daughter to go golfing. This has really? been a battle for six years, realistically, that I've uh-huh. been like, hey, let's go to the golf course. Like, We'll do this. They don't like mini golf, but I've been trying to get them to real golf. Finally got the oldest one talked into it. Wow. Now we got to get the younger one on board. She's a little bit more stubborn. <laughs> yeah. She's a, I'm going to do what I want. I'm not influenced by other people. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> but, like, she, she's almost there. But I want to take them real golfing. Almost had them talked into it last night, except for the younger one. A little bit of a brat. Also, uh, I gave them the choice this morning. You can come to work with Dad. I don't know if you want to be on the podcast or not. They got in a little trouble for their last appearance. Did they really? A little bit. Oh, you can't come man. on a podcast, say some shit about your mom. <laughs> and Any grounding? In trouble for it. And, you know, just naming the little kids that are in their class. I'm like, this place sucks. <laughs> hey, it's learning lessons. You know what I mean? You right. Learn by the, the, yeah, just learn. Uh-huh. Real life work experience. You say you want to work for ESPN one day? Here you go. On job <laughs> training. Yeah, it's all right. You got in a little bit of trouble. 
<laughs> right. Uh, talking a lot about Rob Gronkowski, this news happened yesterday afternoon, though, and we kind of we did talk about it a lot on um, our radio show that we do here locally from 5 to 6 uh, every day. But also, just kind of where Gronk ranks. I know that we had talked about, like, tight end rankings before. To me, he's not number one. I, I think that with Gronk, I don't know if it's just – a little bit of recency bias that people have. I think that his personality comes into it, that people like him. They think he's funny, and he was really good and dominant for a while. But to me, the injuries, they they play a role. I, I think that he was dominant for a very short time. Uh, I even heard him talking on Dan Patrick this morning. Gronk is about the same age as Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. One of them feels like they're about five years older than the other. Gronk feels old as shit. Yeah, but he's not, and that body just wasn't able to hold up. And I don't, I don't know. There's something about like the younger generation, more your generation of guys, that they don't care about that longevity anymore. To where it doesn't, it just doesn't play a, a factor at all. Which I, I kind of get, I understand. But at the same time, for me, when talking about him compared to guys like Tony Gonzalez, who did it for what seemed like 20 years, mm-hmm. I'm going to weigh that a little bit heavier than I am the ability to block. Yep. Uh, I was listening to uh, Skip and Shannon this morning on the way into the office, actually, and they put out a very interesting statistic. Excuse me. I don't know the exact number of games that he was able to play. I believe the number, though, was 196. And out of those 196 possible games that he could have played in, he missed 50 of them. Really? That's three seasons and two games worth of missed games for Rob Gronkowski in his career. So when you look at it, you can look at it one of two ways. It was like... He was that dominant in missing 50 games. Imagine if he would have had those 50 additional games that he could have played, and I think it also includes playoff games as well, but I don't, honestly, I don't know if he ever missed any of those games due to injuries or whatnot. But it was the fact that he's missed 50 games of his career, and he still achieved all this, and it's also the fact that like, you missed that much of your career getting I was going to say, you hear it, and you're like, wow, well, imagine what he could have done if he were healthy. Mm-hmm. But for me, just the different perspective, I hear it, and I'm like, damn, he missed – a lot of games. Yeah, and that was my initial reaction, too. I was just like, gosh, if he put up these numbers with missing 50, like if he would have had those other 50 mm-hmm. games, what could have it been? Because when you look at Tony Gonzalez, I believe his was like 249, and he missed two games out of his entire career. Missed two games? Tony Gonzalez missed Jesus. two games in his entire career. And the thing with me, I, I think a lot of people probably maybe assume that because I'm a Chiefs fan now that I have maybe a Tony Gonzalez bias – I actually didn't like the Chiefs when Tony Gonzalez played for them. Yeah. And, like, we used to have some, like, posters and stuff in our school, in our high school of Tony Gonzalez. I was like, why is this guy up there? Like, he's not even that good. But he's one of those guys that once he retired, I started to appreciate him Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And yesterday we kind of took a deep dive into just some of, like, the receiving yards and the stats and, and things with Tony Gonzalez. It's unbelievable what he's done in his career. I The only receivers... In NFL, the only people in NFL history that have more receiving yards than Tony Gonzalez are Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, and Isaac Bruce. Then it's Tony Gonzalez. Over yep. guys like Tim Brown, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Chris Carter, Anquan Bolton, Torrey Holt, Julio Jones. Like, what he did as a tight end is just forgotten about. Yep. And I, I do feel like there's a whole generation of NFL fans that just don't know about Tony Gonzalez and how good he actually was. He played on some pretty dog shit Chiefs teams. <laughs> no offense. Uh, so maybe that 
is part of the reason for it. Yeah, 100% is. And Gronk is like, he's a media guy. He's a fan favorite. Yep. He's been to a ton of Super Bowls and Pro Bowls. He's dating know. a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, so people yeah. are hearing about him through that as well. I think he's good. I think he's really good. I don't, I don't know. I just I feel like Gronk gets pretty overrated, which sucks. Yeah. I hate to be the guy that is always just a, yeah, this guy's actually not that good. But take away the personality and the off the field, he was good, but he was also always hurt. He definitely was. I mean, at one point, it was like, I don't know what part of his body wasn't, you know, in braces. You know what I mean? He had an elbow brace. He had a knee brace, his ankles. Like, it was just everything. And then that shot he took in the Super Bowl two on his thigh, I think, like, put a dent in his leg for the whole offseason. Yeah. And so it's just another one of those deals, too, with Gronk, where, like, I do, I do respect what he was able to do because there for a while, I mean, he was the top tight end in the NFL. And I still wholeheartedly believe that, you know, I don't think New England Patriots win those four Super Bowls without Gronk in that last stretch that they had with Tom Brady. Like, I know Tom Brady was really good. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. But when they got in situations where they needed something to happen, Gronk stepped up more times than not. And that's where it was like, boom, look at this. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday. I still stand pretty firm that I don't think any player outside of the quarterback position actually makes a difference on win losses mm-hmm. on a football field. He, yep. was, he was very good in some of his Super Bowls, though. Uh, uh, 2018, I don't know what Super Bowl that was against the Eagles. Well, uh, you know what? They lost that game, though. <laughs> he had nine catches for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. I mean, Tom Brady also threw over 500 yards that game, so somebody's got to <laughs> be getting those receiving. I think it was him, Edelman, and uh, I feel like who was the other receiver? That but was? in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, he also had two touchdowns on six catches. Yeah. So he's been good. I, I definitely think that he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I don't know if he's a first ballot That's Hall what I was going to ask That's you. That's another you, thing. Then. Has he changed your mind on the first ballot, or are you still no, with that? Yeah. I haven't. I think he will be just because it's, he's going to be hard to forget, and I don't think he's going to be out of the limelight these next five well, years. Like He's always going to be talked about, and people, media members love him. So when it reaches that point, they're all going to be like, yeah, we're getting this guy in. You also, I, I haven't considered this yet, and I don't know who he's going to be going up against, but it's also the class of people that will be going in with him. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer. So he's going to get in. Yeah. As far as like other guys that are going to be in around the same time, I don't know that anybody else notable has retired this off season. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody that's like, oh. Yeah, I think we're forgetting person. quite a bit of people. I saw Schefter put out a huge list yesterday in Rappaport, one of them, so I'm trying to get to it quickly, but... Of the yeah, the people that have yeah, yeah. So Tom Brady retired, then he unretired. Then Rob Gronkowski, Ben Roethlisberger, Frank Gore, Malcolm Jenkins, Andrew Whitworth, Alex Mack, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Eric Weddle, Whitney Merciless, Jack Doyle, Andrew Villanueva. So, but the only people on that right? list that I think are like, oh, okay, you're a Hall of Famer, Andrew Whitworth, yep. Big Ben. I think those are maybe the only guys that could push Gronk out. Not Frank Gore? No. Not over Gronk. Oh, okay. I just meant like first ballot. No. I don't think he's first ballot Hall of Famer. Frank Gore's not? No. How many people? They, I think this is another Five people every year get elected. Mm-hmm. You're also going against the previous year's class and the year before that. Yeah. So it's not just like, oh, okay, who retired this year? Pick five. 
That is true. You know, you've got guys that are going to be pushed down the list because you're going to have some quarterbacks come up like Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. They're not going to be in the same Hall of Fame class, but right there, there's three immediate first ballot Hall of Famers. So that's going to push at least three people down the list. Be like, oh, we'll consider you another year. <laughs> Again, I don't, I'm struggling to just think of people that are. You think retired. Eli Manning's first ballot? Do I think what? Eli Manning and Philip Rivers are first ballot Hall of Famers? 100%. Philip Rivers included. Phil Didn't Manning, win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I think he will be. Huh. I think there's a discussion because he's never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Eli, of 100%. I know there's debate on whether or not he's even a Hall of Famer or if he's first ballot. Doesn't matter what you think on Twitter. He's going to make it. He's going to be a first <laughs> ballot Hall of Famer. I, I would bet all the money that I have on that one. And wow. now, like, even, again, this shouldn't play into it, but it does. Everybody loves Eli now. Yep. Even me, I didn't like him as a player. He's going to get in there. Dude's When's a freaking Peyton jokester. I think Peyton's already in. Okay, yeah, he is. He was like last year. <laughs> I was like, damn, we met. <laughs> did I time travel or something? I thought he already <laughs> made it in. I honestly don't really pay that close attention to it. Yeah. And I thought maybe it was even last year. Again, I don't pay super close attention to it. Um, th- there were so many guys that were like, oh, this guy got snubbed. Like, how is he not in? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, with Gronk, I just I don't know that the positional value at tight end is going to be there. And we still don't even have, like, fullbacks in the Hall of Fame. Tight ends have made it. Gronk probably will. Like, again, if I were betting on it, I think he'll probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think that he should be. Second ballot, sure. Yeah. I, I-, I think he should be. That's fair. He's been very good. And I do like Gronk. Mm-hmm. I think that it's just maybe a little bit of recency bias or personality bias that people will say that, like, oh, he was the most dominant tight end for, what, three years? Gronk? Yeah. Three or five. I mean, five maybe? Yeah. And about year two or three head. in New England, all the way up until about 2018? Mm-hmm. 2019, or. Well, and I guess you also have to ask the question, like, <laughs> was he deemed the most dominant tight end going into the season versus was he deemed the most dominant tight end coming out of the season? Ooh, that's a great question. Cause, like, that's a good way of looking two, at that. He was the mm-hmm. most dominant tight end. He had 90 catches for 17 touchdowns. The following season, he had 55 catches, 700 yards, 11 touchdowns. I think you can say right there he was the most dominant tight end in the league. I'm not comparing to his stats against anyone else, but like those are good numbers. Mm-hmm. Double-digit ch- t- touchdowns, sorry, two years in a row. The following season, he only played in seven games. So you can take that one out. He wasn't then. Um, comes back in 2014, 80 catches, double-digit tight end. Or sorry, touchdowns. I don't know why I'm confusing that. You could probably say there, and then the next season, you could probably say there. I think there were four, four years that he was probably the best tight end in football. Mm-hmm. Maybe five if you count 2017, but again, he was hurt a little bit that year. He was coming off of an injury. Very good tight end. Should make the Hall of Fame. Uh, My whole thing is the positional value. For some reason, the Hall of Fame looks at the tight ends in some of these other positions, and they think they're not that important. Did you think it was odd that he didn't mention the Patriots at all in his, like, retirement I actually didn't look at it. Did he mention the Bucks? Yeah. So I wrote, uh, he's like, every time I had, excuse me, I'll just read the whole thing here. In college, I was asked to write about a dream job opportunity that I wanted to pursue and where the location would be. 
Every time I had to write about my future, no matter what, I picked being a professional football player. For that assignment, though, we had to pick a location, so I wrote that I wanted to play in Tampa for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for many reasons, the sunny weather being number one. I completely forgot about writing this report until two years ago when I had the opportunity to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and let me tell you, the journey in Tampa over the last two years has blown away what I originally wrote about in college big time, and for this I want to thank the entire first-class Buccaneers organization for an amazing ride, trusting me to come back and play and to help build a championship team. I will now be going back to my retirement home, walking away from football again with my head held high, knowing I gave it everything I had, good or bad, every time I stepped out on the field. The friendships and relationships that I have made will last forever, and I appreciate every single one of my teammates and coaches for giving everything they had as well, from retirement back to football and winning another championship, and now back to chilling out. Thank you to all Buccaneers fans, the crew. Without you guys, none of this is possible. All of you brought it every game. Thank you for all you do. Cheers to what's next. Maybe sailing the seas. Yeah, even Brooks brings it up too, and I didn't think about this. He has already retired from the Patriots once. So, like, this was like when Tom Brady did his brief retirement, and people were like, oh, my God, he didn't even mention the Patriots. He penned a farewell letter to him already. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't remember what I was listening to, uh, but it was like Kevin Hart made some insensitive comments about, like, oh, no, I hope my son's not gay. And then he apologized for it at the time. And then couldn't host, like, the Grammys or something, the Oscars. And then he, Kevin Hart came out and was like, how many times do I have to retire? How many, or sorry, how many times do I have to apologize for this? Yeah. So with Gronk and Brady, it's like, how many times do I have to fucking tell the Patriots bye? Yeah. <laughs> like, we did it. Uh, I'm happy. See you later. <laughs> how many times do I have to break up with this person before they're finally like, you know what? I'm not going to call him today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, sorry, delete my number. We had a good run. We've moved on. So I I did see a little bit of the backlash of like, oh, he didn't mention the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He retired from them already. Let him. How many times does he have to say bye to the Patriots? Yeah, that's what a fair should, point. Should I guess enough. I didn't view it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of people forget though too that he. This is not his first retirement. <laughs> yeah, he is once in <laughs> fact doing it again. The, and it wasn't like a Tom Brady retirement. Like he actually retired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sat out. He wasn't just like, ah, oh, never mind. I'll be back next season. A month and a half later. Yeah, I mean, he, he missed the whole 2019 season. I still don't believe that he's going to retire. I, I think that he'll get that itch to play football some more. I mean, he's been very beat up over his career, but at the same time, he is 33 years old. Mm-hmm. He just turned 33. So I, I still think he's got some life left in him, but I do think it's going to be midseason stuff. Yep. Which, honestly, go for it. I don't know if people are pissed off about that or not. I haven't seen anything, but who cares? I'm sure that the the Buccaneers and Tom Brady, they're probably like, oh, okay, cool. Enjoy retirement. I am going to call you in October and check on you and see how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. I would be all for that one, too. Um, Dan Snyder in the news again as well. I haven't read into this one very much, uh, but I did see that a woman accused Dan Snyder of sexual harassment and assaulting her on a team plane in 2009 he paid a $1.6 million settlement to make sure that thing never went to court mm-hmm. and people didn't get the details of it. But I did see, I think it was the Washington Post, who's just been killing it on their NFL yeah. stuff this summer. <laughs> no joke. And uh, uh, apparently Roger Goodell is about to testify before Congress on the Washington Commander's mm-hmm. toxic workplace culture as well. He's going to read prepared remarks and then we'll have to answer questions. That's from Ari Mirov. 
Um, and he posted a link to watch it live from his Twitter. And that was about 11 minutes ago, um, if you're listening right now. So it is interesting on how this is about to take place and kind of shape up for the rest of the day. Uh, but also there was a U.S. Representative Carolyn Maloney on the commander's owner, Daniel Snyder, who declined to testify today. Apparently Mr. Snyder is in France where he has docked his luxury yacht near resort town. That should tell you how much respect he has for women in the workplace. I do think that is one hell of a shot by Representative Carolyn Maloney, and she's actually freaking spot on. Because how in the world are you going to have this trial going on about you and your workplace with the commanders, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, I'm going to France. Yeah, I'm this on my yacht. This ain't vacation season, guy. You're about to lose everything. Unless in his mind it's, oh, might as well take one last vacation before i got to sell everything. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. And my thing with Dan Snyder, too, again, I haven't read into a lot of the stuff. I haven't looked into the hearings or anything like that that are supposed to take place today. But, I mean, man, we're all up in arms about Deshaun Watson when he does it. But when Dan Snyder does it, now, I know the number is different. Mm-hmm. It's still sexual assault. Yep. It's still bad. One is too many. 24 is fucking atrocious. But one is, is too much. Yeah. So, And the fact that you had a settlement for $1.6 million. And then it was in 2009. It was 13 yeah. years ago. That's a huge chunk of change for 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then throw on, you know, the fact that he had the the stuff with like the cheerleaders, like secretly mm-hmm. taking pictures of them, or you know their bikini shoots that they do, yep. uh, getting the nude photos off of when they changed and things like that when they weren't covered up. I mean, you put all this in together. I I don't know that it's as bad as Deshaun Watson. It's in the same category. It's pretty freaking weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. In the fact that it was being sent around in emails to multiple members of the organization yep. who have now had to step down, but Dan Snyder just gets to mm-hmm. continue to run the team. It just, there's no way. In the NFL, like, other owners were all just like, man, that's really messed up. But, like, hopefully people don't look through our emails either. But, man, the moment that he started messing with their money, it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Now we're upset. Yeah. I also think that's really weird. Right. Yeah. And I do think that's what's going to be the final straw in this whole thing is, oh, wait, he took some of our money? <laughs> was he sneakily, you know, taking photos of, New cheerleaders, assaulting people. We'll brush that under the rug. Mm-hmm. But when you start fucking with their money, now we've got an issue. That yeah. goes to show, like, the NFL, I love it. I love football. The NFL is such a scummy, just-run organization. Very much so. That, the business side of it, very scummy. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I know a lot of people like to look at the players, too, and like, we'll always talk about, like, oh, this player got a DUI. This guy got arrested for this or that or whatever. There's some bad people in the NFL, too. There are also some great players in the NFL. They yes. do wonderful work. And like, we should probably do a better job of highlighting those players because I do think there are more good players in the NFL than there are bad. 100% agree with that. And same with the owners. I'm sure there's a lot of great owners that are very involved with the community, the team, everything, that are doing their best to make sure that the NFL looks great. And then it's you get guys like Dan Snyder that are just ruining it for everybody. Yeah. I hope that... I hope that he eventually has to sell the team. I do, too. I mean, he should have had to do it a couple years ago. And this whole bullshit thing, like, oh, well, his wife's running the day-to-day. He's still cashing the checks. Yeah. So I, I, maybe to him that was like, oh, shit, I'm not able to run the day-to-day. This really does suck. But at the same time, I'd be okay not doing any of the work and cashing all the checks. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I could live uh, knowing that was going on. Um, also, love this one, uh, Roper Kia. Go visit them. Check out their inventory. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, you're going to get $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the site is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to visit their website. So, again, be sure to visit them today at Gunspot.com. Now for a little baseball talk. Um, hey, it's, it's almost all-star break time, which is, I think, the best run all-star uh, game or whatever event mm-hmm. in professional sports. Does, yep, I agree with you. Here's something I've got to figure out over the next couple months. What does hockey do for their all-star break? I don't know. Uh, actually, I don't game know Game four of the Stanley Cup Finals is tonight, too, by the way. You excited for it? Uh, hell yeah. I'm surprised we don't have that on the rundown at all today. It was in the right first there. one, but we spent so much time talking about Gronk yep. that I kind of pushed it. But I am very excited about it. I, this is a pivotal game. I talked some shit. Maybe I just let it lie today. I am cautiously excited about it, though. Going into game three, I was excited like oh, somebody's about to get that in ass In the series, tonight. yep. Didn't know it was going to be the avalanche. Now I'm back to like, all right, got a series. Let's go. Um, I don't know that this is like a must-win game for either one of them, but it's a very important and pivotal game, I think, for both of them. I mean, if uh, Tampa obviously. Bay can tie it up today, it's another one of these, like, fuck, are they about to go on another four-game run here? Right. Yeah, that's huge. But at the same time, if Colorado can take that 3-1 lead, it's going to be tough to come back from. So I do mm-hmm. think it is a very important game. Obviously, all of them are important. Yeah. But I, I feel like this one even more so important than uh, like a game one or game two. Yep, I agree with you. Game four, definitely more important. Uh, but we did want to talk a little bit of baseball, looking at these numbers. Uh, we were talking about it off air a while back and just looking at numbers of guys like Aaron Judge and what he's doing. Okay. And I feel like the same for you and me. Uh, I play MLB The Show all the time. What I do is I like to check my players' stats at the All-Star break. See how they're doing. Aaron Judge already has 25 home runs this year and 50 home runs. And I think he's set for arbitration hearing today. Good luck with that one if you're the Yankees. <laughs> you should just go to the table and be like, pay him whatever he wanted. Because yeah. that is Here's still a blank be check. too low for arbitration. So it should be a, just a quick in and out meeting. Like, yeah, what he asked, I think he asked for like $21 million and the Yankees asked for 16 what? In arbitration for this season. When do they do that? When do they do it? Yeah, when do they set the price marks when they ask I don't, for it? I don't know that. Okay. But today he's supposed to have his arbitration hearing where an independent arbitrator will come in and say, okay, make your case for why Aaron Judge needs to pay, be paid $21 million. And then the Yankees make their case for why the player needs to be paid $16 million. There's no argument. Yep. He's, he's killing it this year. Uh, but we wanted to look at some of these all-star lineups. Uh, I know that they kind of released the, the voting of who's already up there. Uh, but my vote is a little bit different than a lot of these other people that are voting. Mm-hmm. Let's start with your list, though. We're going catcher through starting pitcher. Uh, your starting catcher is... Salvador Perez. <laughs> 
I mean, he's having. He got injured, banged up last uh, last night against the Angels. Uh-huh. There, I think it was another thumb injury right in the middle. Last night he did. Yeah. Oh, so I have him on my fantasy team as well. So I've been able to kind of keep up with the stats, and he's had a good year. It's just like, can we keep it up? Can we not like get injured? You know what I mean? Can we get the thumb sprain here fixed? Like, mm-hmm. hopefully it didn't get reaggravated last night. Uh, but then for first base, I got Paul Goldschmidt. This guy's just been killing it for the Cardinals. And then second base, I went Jose Altuve with the Astros. Looking at his stats this morning, it was kind of one of those deals where it was like, holy cow, I didn't realize like how good of a year this guy was actually having. I don't like him. I used to. I don't really like him anymore because of the trash can stuff, and I, I don't know. I just don't think, I think he, I'm, honestly, he handled I'm, it well. I think I'm kind of over it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to not put him as the best second baseman. Mm-hmm. It's not a very deep position. It's, it's really not, and the fact that he's had 13 home runs and like 24 RBIs, like it's just insane. Yeah, he's still playing very well. Like his slugging percentage is 517. As a second baseman, that's nuts. And this dude's short as all get out, too. And in third base, I went Rafael Devers uh, with the Boston Red Sox. When I kind of really started taking a deep dive into it, I was looking at these players and their stats. And I'll just be honest with you guys. I'm not paying attention to a whole lot of baseball outside of what the Royals are doing. But when you start looking at like numbers and what these guys are doing, he's batting 330. He's got 24 doubles on the year. Include the 16 home runs, 43 RBIs. It's like, this guy's right up there with Austin Riley, who's another fantastic third baseman right now in the season. But for me, it was like Rafael Devers. Look at them, look at them go. And Boston's like, you got a lot of guys up here at the top in terms of like how well they're hitting. As a team, I know we're giving away Royals and Red Sox tickets on our radio show. As a team, the Red Sox are up there for runs scored. Mm-hmm. Very they're going to put a million points on the Royals. Points. Runs on the Royals uh, when they play. <laughs> Uh, yeah. they, but they are as a, as a team. It's been pretty ridiculous, and Devers definitely one of those guys up there. Yep. And then for shortstop, I went Trey Turner with the Dodgers, currently batting three ten, fifteen doubles on the year. And then you go ahead and throw in nine home runs. Looking at it a little bit longer, I kind of wish I would have gone with like a Bo Bichette with Toronto, but I just feel like Trey Turner, the fact that he's batting so well right now at three ten at kind of this point of the season. It's hard not to put him up there. And then you throw in the 49 RBIs that he has as well. The only person that's close to that is Francisco Lindor with the Mets, who has 50. Yeah. And Keep, your, your catcher, you believe that to be true? With Salvi? <laughs> yeah. You don't like it? No. Why? I have been dog shit this year. Well, I mean, compared to last year, he's just been awful. Mm-hmm. When you look at last year's stats, but I don't think he's been that bad. He's hit like 211. Nuh-uh. <laughs> yeah. When I yeah, looked at exactly. Early, his, his season batting average is 211. He's been so bad. No, here's it's even worse. 174. How about I take it back? Can He's I take got, it back? Is it too late? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been known to put some Royals on the list. I did the official Major League Baseball voting oh. today because I hadn't. I, I usually do. I... I make sure to put a Royal on there every year, but I even couldn't bring myself to put Salvi. <laughs> I don't know what stat I looked at this morning because that was not it. I thought he was batting like 280-something when I <laughs> – I wish. I probably saw last year's stats. Like, fuck, way to go, you Salvi. He has 49 oh, yeah. This guy is killing it. This <laughs> <season>. <laughs> We're talking about freaking Aaron Judge. Let me uh, backtrack did on you that. Get, how far did you get? Did you get all your guys? Yeah, I did. And okay. then I went Aaron Judge. We talked about him. Jordan Alvarez uh, with the Astros as well. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, DH, and then Tony Gonsolin 
uh, the starting pitcher for the Dodgers, has just had an incredible start to the year so far. And, like, the Dodgers are another one of those teams that's scary because when you really look at how well their guys are playing too, it's like, man, they might just go back almost easily. Yeah. I I find myself rooting for the Dodgers. I They're kind of the like the, the bad guys now. Like, the, mm-hmm. oh, we spend so much money. Everybody hates us. Well, fellas, a lot of teams do. The Yankees do. The Red Sox do. The Dodgers do. Mm-hmm. The Mets. So it's not just like, oh, we have to hate these teams because they – have the money to pay for guys. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just it happens. My all star, my all MLB team uh, at catcher. I went with Wilson Contreras with the Cubs. He has been very solid all year long. Plays on a, a shitty team, so I don't think he's necessarily getting a lot of that recognition. He's hitting 275 with 12 home runs though, and does a pretty good job behind the plate as well. At first base, I agreed with you. I think Paul Goldschmidt has been quietly killing it. This season, I know at the beginning of the year, a lot of people in this area, Cardinals fans, were talking about Arenado and, and his start to the season, but it's been quietly been Paul Goldschmidt, who has mm-hmm. just shown up every day and killing it. I, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a very popular vote, too. He's leading in the AL, but his numbers just don't even really compare to what Goldie's doing for the Cardinals. He's hitting 339 this season, 16 home runs, and 58 RBIs, and he's pretty good with the glove, too. So I think, for my money, he's having the best year at first base. I, Vlad Jr. is going to make it on the All-Star team mm-hmm. I, some capacity. Probably the starting first baseman. But I, I, for my all-MLB team, I'm going with Goldie. At second base, it's tough because I really like Ozzie Albius at, in Atlanta. But he's also hurt. So it's like, does he count? I don't know. Yeah. I think he should still be voted as an All-Star. I voted him as an All-Star uh, because, again – to be honest, I don't really like Jose Altuve. Uh, I think Altuve's having the better year. He's healthy. But for my all-MLB team, I'd rather see a guy like um, Albius just because I like him, and it's my vote, and he's playing pretty solid <laughs> when healthy, but hopefully he comes back. I think he broke his foot. If I can't have one of them, if I can't have Ozzy Albius, I do like Tommy Edmond and Nolan Gorman, whoever you're listing as their second baseman. Um, Tommy Edmond was their second baseman, They've kind of moved him to shortstop. Nolan Gorman is a young guy, a rookie, who's come up and he's played very well for the Cardinals. Yeah. I had a really good like game him. last night, too. Um, I did not realize how much Cardinal love was coming. I was going to say, are you still a Royals fan here, my guy? <laughs> uh, fuck yeah. Uh, third baseman, Nolan Arenado is one of my <laughs> favorite players in all of baseball. He's not having the season that like um, Rafael Devers is or even Jose Ramirez is at the plate. However... He's the best third baseman with the glove in the league, and I don't think that's even remotely close to debatable. Yeah, he's still got 13 home runs. He's still got 46 RBIs. He's hitting 274. So it's not like he's just you know some bum at the plate. He's still good, but his glove is a game changer, and he's always been one of my favorite players dating back to his Rockies days. So I'm taking him at shortstop. I also have Trey Turner. Trey Turner, low-key, one of my favorite players in all of baseball. Really? If I'm building a team... Trey Turner is going to be one of my top picks. His ability huh. to play shortstop, have a solid glove, hit 300, and be your leadoff hitter, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. Damn. Yeah, I, and I, I loved him back uh, in his Washington days. Mm-hmm. When he went to the Dodgers, I'm like, how the fuck did they scam? 
<laughs> this is not fair. They this should not have sucks. this guy too. And at the time they had Seager at shortstop too, but I love Trey Turner. Uh, I, I do think that if I were building a team, he'd be one of my top five picks. Mm-hmm. Hell, he Honestly, position players, he might be two. After Mike Trout, I might put Trey Turner too, just because his ability, like I said, to lead off, steal bags, get on base, play defense. And wow. at a very, very valuable position in shortstop, too. Mm-hmm. So that's my rant on Trey Turner and why I love him. Uh, in the outfield, I thought it was a little bit easy. Aaron mm-hmm. Judge and Mike Trout are no-brainers. Then I did go with Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, again, I like him. Yep. He's having a pretty solid year. He's been uh, – it started out the year not healthy. Now he's been playing. He's been playing better, hitting 282. But his, like, his seven home runs, 18 RBIs, don't stack up with the other guys. But that is because he has been injured, and I think that he's just one of the most exciting players. And I, I kind of took advantage of the NL having a DH. Bryce Harper's been DHing a lot as of late. He's having one hell of a season, and I still really like Bryce Harper too. I know he's not like the most popular guy for some reason. I don't. But, did he just get too cocky? Like somehow he turned into the villain. Yeah. Yeah, just turned into a villain. Everyone's like, "Yep, all right, cool, that's him." Yeah, it be. feels like everybody, like, this is my typical thing. You know, everybody jumped off the bandwagon. Yeah. And kind of started shitting on Bryce Harper, and then I jumped back on. And now he's he's doing it again. Mm-hmm. So I, I still like Bryce Harper a lot. He's hitting three twenty six with 15 home runs and 48 RBIs. Yep. And the Phillies are one of those teams that was not very good for a long time. Fired their manager. Now they're starting to play a little bit better. So he's going to come in and be my DH. Also would not have a problem playing him in the outfield either. Your guy, Jordan Alvarez, is another guy who DHs a lot. He's he's played very well on your team as well. And then my starting pitcher, I don't even really give a shit. We're just scoring runs here. Shohei Otani. <laughs> I just I want to see that guy pitch. Yeah. In, in the All-Star game, I, I did vote for him. Um, I think I had to vote for him as a DH. Uh, on my official all-star ballot yeah, because you can't vote pitchers. I want to see him pitch in the all-star game. I think that is fantastic. He's not quite having the season that he did last year, but at the same time, I still want to see it. I want to see him come in, start the game, throw an inning or two, and then maybe move to a DH role or something like that or, or just sit. But I want to see him get some at-bats, and I want to see him pitch. Yep. Um, also, Brooks Gwynn wants to know, Where's Alberto Mondesi on this list? Uh, yeah, he's on the uh, the IL list actually. Mm-hmm. So he's a top MLB performer on that list. Been there about three years in a row. Good for him. Happy to see it. I was talking to someone, another Royals fan lately, and we were discussing moving him to the outfield. I think this is a no-brainer for Mondesi. I think it is too, but it's like. Do we have time to even wait for that to happen? I mean, yeah, the Royals have plenty of time because they're waiting for everyone to develop and, you know, have a perfect situation to call up these other guys. But at the same time, it's like, man, this is just getting annoying. This guy can't stay healthy at all. And he tears his ACL on the base path. You know what I mean? So it was like trying to get back to the bag. And I was like, man, this is yeah. just a tough break for the kid. I just don't really care for him anymore. I don't think he's part of the Royals' future. I don't think he's very good at baseball. He's pretty good at baseball. Now, even Sunday, I went to the Naturals game, mm-hmm. which is the double-A affiliate for the Royals. And talking to my daughters, and they're like, Dad, like they had so many players last year that you knew, where are all those guys at, and why are the Royals bad? 
Mm-hmm. Like to them, they couldn't figure it out. It's like we were here a year ago. You were telling me this guy's good, that guy's good. This guy's already a royal. Why aren't they good? It's like, well, one of them was Alberto Mondesi. He's hurt once again. <laughs> Bobby Witt is playing in the major leagues. He's playing pretty well. And then for some reason, the Royals won't call up their two best hitters in AAA. And MJ Melendez. I got to see one hell of a lineup in Arkansas last Yeah, I was going to say, damn. They had Prado, Melendez, Witt, and Mondi was there on a rehab assignment. Yep. And Royals still not good. It's whatever. I'll still, uh, <laughs> still root for him. Uh, but that's our, uh, our Major League Baseball lineups. A couple of them that we agree on. Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, we both have him there. Trey Turner, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout. Bryce Harper. Yep. Kind of the faces of Major League Baseball. They they definitely are. Um, Trey Turner is well, though. I think got me all hyped up about him. I have to pay a little bit more attention to him. Oh, yeah, I think he's great. Actually. He's, he's just so good on the bags. He's, he's a guy that's going to steal you. You know what? You're not wrong. He went four bases. or five last night, scored two runs. He's on my fantasy team. Dog's been <laughs> killing it. <laughs> yeah, pay attention to him if you haven't heard of him yet. Um, also, the Aaron Judge thing, the arbitration, uh, I think the bigger concern for the Yankees is what he's going to get paid in the offseason. I haven't read it yet, but I did see uh, Buster only put out something uh, like the seven teams that are going to be in on Aaron Judge. Uh, you got to have money. It's going to be, I mean, I can tell you right now, Mets, Dodgers, mm-hmm. Red Sox, Giants probably have some money. You think the around. Red Sox would? Uh, be in on him 100%. Wow. See another Yankee to Boston? Yeah, oh, 100% they would be in on it. Here's the thing with the Red Sox, though. They're always like, oh, we don't want to spend money. Psych, we'll throw some money at Trevor's story. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> what true. What happened to, I don't want to spend money, because you're clearly doing it. Yep. And they might have Xander Bogars off the books this year for Boston. Uh, that's going to free up another big guy in the lineup. You slide Trevor's story over to shortstop. You pay and judge big money. So I've been playing the show. You know this. I finished my first season, got in the free agency. Aaron Judge ended up going to the Angels. It was him, Mike yeah. Trout, and Shohei Otani. And I was like, that's tough. The Angels are I got rocked in terms of pitching. <laughs> yeah, because they've got some money, but how much do they have? Because like, you're going to have to pay Shohei Otani, or you're going to try to mm-hmm. in a couple of years. you got Mike Trout. You've got Anthony Rendon on the books. They've got some guys making some money there, but maybe – I mean, you at least kick the tires on Aaron Judge. Yeah. It'd be a good addition, though. You have yourself a little three-tandem superstar there. I do think that with Aaron Judge, whoever signs him this offseason, think you're going to regret that contract at some point. He's I old. So. He's already 30 years old, and he's you know talking about getting a seven-year deal. Ooh. It might be when he's 36 or 37 that you're regretting it, but I think eventually people are going to regret that signing if he gets that long of a deal. But I also don't think that he's going to sign a five-year contract. I wow. He, I think he knows that people are going to have to overpay him in years. Yeah. Versus annual salary. Yep. Also, breaking news, Carolyn Maloney says she's issued a subpoena for Daniel Snyder to testify next week. <laughs> Can no longer duck showing up. They're not wasting any time. She is, she is in on it. Yeah. I don't know who she is. I Way like to her. go, Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. The, the dude should have to talk. Hey, what kind of a rich-ass privileged excuse is it to be like, nah, I can't show up in court today. 
I'm in France on my yacht. I'm on my yacht in France. Like, <laughs> what, you just want like me to show up? I sent the invitation yesterday to be like, hey, Mr. Snyder, I need you here in court. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and guess that this was sent out months ago. I remember hearing about it. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe around draft time or shortly after the NFL draft. So I, I think it's great that also she's calling him out. Make him show up. Make him testify. At least. <laughs> she he said if the NFL is unwilling to hold Mr. Snyder accountable, then I'm prepared to do so. Fucking get his ass. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything about the Roger Goodell stuff. Just that he had had like a, a written statement that he yep. was going to read or whatever. Other than that, I haven't seen anything. Um, hopefully it happens. I, I feel sorry for Washington Commanders fans. They're yeah. a good fan base that deserves better out of their owner. So yep. anytime I talk shit on Dan Snyder, this is not me being like, oh, I don't like Washington. That's a good football team. Yep. Ron Rivera is a good coach. Uh, I like some of the moves that they've made. You just need a new owner in there. And I even think it's affected them in you know, free agency, players that want to go there. And for years, Dan Snyder had to overpay to get big-name free agents in there. And he missed on a lot of them. Like, he overpaid for was Albert Hainsworth. And then I was like, wait a second. He's actually not good. But now he's getting paid a lot of money. So I hope they do get a new owner in there because, like I said, it's a fan base that deserves, at a minimum, a better owner. Yeah. You've got a lot of good pieces in there. You can almost figure it out. Um, hopefully they do um, soon. I know one thing that you guys should do very soon is visit Club 609 right here in downtown Joplin, Missouri. Yeah, if you're ever in the area... Slide in those DMs. Let us know. They've got a great happy hour there. Or at least tell them that the guys that mic'd up sent you. Maybe it's good for a free drink or something. But Club 609, home to the best happy hour in the world from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock. Featuring their two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. And it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. So if you're here in the four state area, make sure you get that taken care of right here at Downtown Lube. And now for some Would You Rather, uh, a lot of them submitted by our great listeners that we have here. The first one, would you rather be left hanging or mess up a handshake? Probably left hanging. No, I'm going to mess up the handshake because with that I can be like, ah, hey, mess it up. Let's redo it. And we just have a little laugh. You get left hanging, though, and other people see it. It's like, that's tough. Yeah, I'm completely opposite on this one. I hate messing up a handshake. I do, too. But I've gotten to a point where it's like, I'm just going to call it out. Like, hey, man. We totally fucked that up. Let's go ahead and redo it. And it's like, all right, thank Does you. Does that make it less awkward or more awkward? Maybe a little bit of both, but at least there's just like you understand, you figure out their sense of humor real quick. And if they're not about it, then it's like, okay, well, probably should have got that the first time around. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I, I saw one time we were interviewing a professional football player who was coming off of an injury. And uh, a guy that was with us went to do like the, the overly aggressive hand squeeze. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm a man. I've got a firm handshake. There's a difference between a firm handshake and I'm over overcompensating. Yeah. And I saw this dude give a professional football player a handshake coming off of a hand injury. And I don't remember the exact quote, but it was like, don't you ever squeeze my hand like that again. From the professional athlete to the other person. 
I thought that man was going to be killed over a handshake one time. Wow. <laughs> it was intense. And it was before an interview. We were supposed to interview this guy. Uh, and, you know, a couple people standing around meeting. And it was like, hey, don't ever squeeze my hand like that again. Like, I just broke my, I think it broke his pinky or something like that. And he's like, I'm recovering from that. My hands are too important. Don't ever shake my hand like that again. It was intense. And it was awkward there for a second. And I immediately thought, like, I'm so glad that I didn't shake his hand like that. <laughs> Yikes, dude. Why in the world are you shaking a hand that hard anyways? That's, why, do you, why do you guys do that? I do think that there is something about having a nice, good handshake. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't need to squeeze it. No. And the whole, like, dominance thing, like, I hate when I shake a guy's hand and he immediately, like, tries to turn my hand over. I'm just like, you know, because I've started... Over? Yeah, because there's, like, this, like, dominance thing where, like, if you shake a guy's hand and they rotate it over, they have, like, dominance over you. It's, like, one of those little maneuver things. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of like I've had some people do it to me before, so I just go in with my hand down. Just, like, art, like, is what, like, you think you can think you're dominant over me, but I promise you right now <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're but, like, I'll shake your hand, it, little guy. Yeah, You're a jackass. <laughs> and, like, the thing that, like, you can, like, feel them, like, rotate their hand to be, like, because even if you go even at times and they give you, like, a quick little, like, pushover, it's, like, Okay. I've never noticed this before. Yeah, I'll I'll do it after the show to show you like how this people do it. Me. Yeah. I wonder how many people even have like shaken my hand and thought like, yeah, got him. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I think it was Trump that used to do the whole like pull you in thing. Yes, and that's it was a sign of dominance. Yeah. And Man like uh, like world leaders, you'll see it too where they meet with each other. The first person that walks in the room is deemed as the less dominant figure. The, say that again? So, like, if world leaders are meeting, so, like, uh-huh. if Biden and the leader of China meet and then they walk into, like, they're presenting themselves to the media, they're waving, yada, 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 and then they go to walk into a room, you'll see them, like, gesture each other to be like, no, you go first, you go first. And then whoever walks in last is viewed as the most dominant. Like, he's like, you already have the upper hand going into the negotiation, negotiation, excuse me, topics, anything you're going to discuss. That's they're so just small little so tactics. Stupid. It is. But, I mean, people have been using it to their advantage for years. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, it just subconsciously takes place. It's not like it's discussed. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, yep, boom. It's almost like, oh, this is much more important to me. I showed up early. Exactly. Like, the, the last person to show up is like, yeah, he doesn't really care. It's not as important to him. It's not a big deal. It's just stupid, but I understand the psychology behind it. I would rather be left hanging. That just, I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. screwing up a handshake or dapping somebody up bothers me. I hate, like, the the dap up and the handshake mess up. That's embarrassing. When you go to do a handshake and they go to dap and then you both switch spots and it's just like, yeah. damn it. The, even, like, the simple, like, fist bump handshake. Like, in 2020, when we were still, like, mm-hmm. kind of going out, but you'd still meet somebody. And be like, I was oh, all about the fist bump. I was all about when we went to Indianapolis this last year, you know, we're with Matt and Matt's meeting all these people and then it's like introducing us. He also just I feel like he got worse about introducing us to people and it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna stand here like a weirdo, just the tall guy in the back and listen to you guys talk. Maybe just like a hey, what's I'm awesome. Lurch in the background. Yeah, exactly. Like what's this fucking deal? Is it just a weird ass random fan following you around? I was like, Nope, I'm actually just here with them together. But it was like with those situations and those moments, it's like it's just so much easier to just kind of give like a side like knuckles or like hand fist bump and just like move on. It's like, hey, nice to meet you. And there yeah. was one time in 2020, I think we were maybe, I don't remember where we were, or maybe it was the 2021 Senior Bowl, 
where COVID was still like very much a thing. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. Maybe it is now. I don't know. I don't pay attention to it. But meeting someone new and it's like, hey, like we, what are we doing? Like the knuckles, the handshake, and the guy was like, no, elbows. Like we're, you want me to touch my elbow to your elbow? Yeah. That's how we're doing this. We are one foot apart. God forbid you give me knuckles on this introduction <laughs> or shake my hand. Uh-huh. That's really what's going to do it for us. It's like that one was another one. It was like, this is, this is stupid. Yeah. Or the fact that you could go into restaurants and sit down was another one. <laughs> but you couldn't go in and stand up. Yes. It's like COVID but only. You had to wear your mask tall. walking through. And then when <laughs> yes, you got to your it. table, you could take it off. I was like, that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> Is the restaurant open or closed? Yeah, you go to places and they're like, oh, you can obviously take your mask off while you're eating or drinking. Then you have to put it right back on. It's like, you do know I'm breathing while I'm eating and drinking. Yeah. Right? I didn't just hold my breath and take a bite. (laughs) Anyway, what a time to be alive. It was. my grandkids about it. I got 9-11. I've got COVID. I've got stories to tell. And that's, just, that's not even the dumb shit that I've done in my life. Yeah. Um, speaking of, would you rather date an OU fan who didn't hate Texas or an Arkansas fan who talks shit about Texas every year? Honestly, date an OU fan. Like, I, you mentioned it yesterday. It was like, you know, you can only handle, like, so much just shit talking towards your team. And, like, yeah, I'll throw it back and forth a little bit. Like, just ha-ha. But then it's like when they just keep going with it, it's like, all right, hey, like, that's – that's enough jokes. Like, I think I'm okay with it. Like, but if you just have like an OU fan who like doesn't hate Texas, and it's like you can have like a little like kind of house divided type of deal. Yeah, OU's probably going to win those more times than not. But when Texas wins, yeah, I'm gonna have fun celebrating it. And I'm gonna go around that week being like, Psh, sorry, I can't hear you over here. Too busy winning. So for me, it's um, I can't date an OU fan. You'd rather deal with the Arkansas fan who talks shit on Texas every year. Yep. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I wouldn't care about either of them. Because, like, with Texas, like, I'm honest enough with it. It was like, yeah, they, they should be having a good year, and they've choked in the second half every game so far. So it's like, run your it's mouth. It's OU and A&M for me. I can't do it. Yeah. It's tough. My, uh, my daughter's best friend is an A&M fan. Her, her mom went to Texas A&M. Mm. And it's just like, an, we don't talk about it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, eventually it's going to be an issue. Because my daughters were even like, where do you want to go to school? Like, where do you want to go to college? Try to talk about that stuff just to get them excited about school or whatever. And my daughters were on the podcast last week. They're like, we want to go to Texas. I'm like, that's a great school. It's probably not going to happen. Like, you're going to end up at Pitt State like your dad. Um, (laughs) But if you want to go to, like, Texas, if that's your dream, that's cool. But at the same time, they would go to school and be, like, talking at recess. And be like, where do you want to go to school? So for, like, an entire year, a school year, uh, my daughter and her best friend were both thinking, we want to go to college in Texas. For my daughter, that meant at Texas. Yeah. The university. For her friend, that meant at Texas A&M. Ooh. <laughs> then last year, they kind of realized, these two schools don't like each other. <laughs> we are still going to be friends. And the little girl is amazing. She's this fantastic kid. I would never judge anything against the child. <laughs> But the whole Texas versus Texas A&M thing is a big deal for me. OU, I absolutely despise them. I, I struggle to have good relationships with people that are an Oklahoma fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. It's, I'm stupid. I know, but I can't change it. Um, for Arkansas, you want to talk shit on Texas for a year or once a year? 
I've actually dated a girl that was attending the University of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And it was during a time when Texas and Arkansas were playing each other like a home-and-home home series. Yep. And so I have experienced that, and she was good-looking enough that it was like, I'm going to put up with this bullshit come <laughs> September for a while, Yeah. then I'm going to forget about it. Um, so I'm, I'm going to choose the Arkansas one, maybe just because I've done it. But yep. And that was in even like peak Texas-Arkansas rivalry. Maybe not peak, but it was, yep. it was tough. Uh, uh, would you rather have a son or daughter that is athletic enough to play college sports, but they play for your rival? So for us, it would be like you're going to play for OU. Mm-hmm. Or have a son or daughter that isn't athletic enough to play sports, but gets in academically to your favorite school. Honestly, I feel like if my son or daughter is athletic enough to play for a school and it's like an OU, then they're probably dominating at a sport at that time. So it's like go have like a winning career in college. Like I can put my fandom aside for that. But like if you just you're not athletic and you're just like smart and you want to go to school, that's cool. But like I'm not going to come to the school and just watch you, you know, do your coursework. Like we'll go to games and stuff together. Like I'm of course going to come visit you. I'm not going to Norman to watch you do math. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you want to like, if you're gonna go to school and you're gonna ball and like you're gonna be playing, like, yeah, I'm. I don't care where it's at. You go have fun and enjoy that. That's an amazing opportunity. Not everyone gets to do it. A lot of people dream about it. You get to, you know what I mean? Go play. Strap up the cleats and shoes. Go. Go ball up. I'll be there. Um, Again, strong disagree. I think (laughs) we're really figuring out my hatred here. Yeah. I fucking despise Oklahoma, the university. The state, mm-hmm. most of the people, we're going to ball out academically. I will be there to cheer on your <laughs> chemistry experiment at the University of Texas. If one of my daughters, like, say they went on to play softball at OU, that's, a, that's good. Yeah. That's great. I'm going to show up in Texas gear. <laughs> I'm not rude. I will root for them specifically. I will not root for the University You're going to wear a white shirt that has their number and name on the back. And like that's it's gonna it. be in burnt orange. There is no logo. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no maroon or crimson or whatever color yeah. you want to call that. It will not happen. Yeah. And I would strongly deter them from going to that school. Even OU softball, which is like dominant. Maybe this makes me a bad dad. Maybe this is my flaw. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, Are you really sure that you want to do that? Like Arkansas has got a good softball program. Like, go there. <laughs> Oklahoma State? <laughs> Stay at home. Go to Pitt State. Yeah. <laughs> There's other options. It doesn't have to be OU. Oh, so, yeah, I, I don't. And, again, this is not me being just trying to be funny or anything like that. I just I can't do it. Yeah. Hate OU. Hey, respect the fact that you're willing enough to admit it. No, I can also admit that they're really good at like football. Like, this never comes into my like game picks or you know writing previews or anything like that. I know how good Oklahoma is at football specifically, mm-hmm. but I don't like them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not going to change ever. Uh, would you rather try to block Aaron Donald or guard Michael Jordan with your life on the line if you failed? I assume this means at their peak. Yeah. Not 60-year-old MJ versus 30-year-old <laughs> yeah. Aaron case, Donald. I'm buying up Michael Jordan. I'll push it if it's his age right now. Oh, if it's his age but right now, yeah. If it's them in their prime, uh-huh. I think I would try with Aaron Donald. 
So we find, we agree on one now. Yeah, because like Michael Jordan, I'm not keeping up with that quickness. And he's so much taller than me. Mm-hmm. And he's going to just shoot it over me. So it doesn't matter like what I do defensively. He's not going to miss that shot. Right. Like even if you could find a way to stay in front of Jordan, mm-hmm. he'll bust a jumper in your eye. Yeah. But like with Aaron Donald, I might be able to just kind of like get him on a trip. You know what I mean? I might be able to just cut block and get him there or just stay up long enough to where the ball gets out of the quarterback's hand. Because it's in football. Exactly, yeah. I'm that's, not a, that's not necessarily a one-on-one matchup. I'm going to annoy you for five seconds. You're, you're going to win eventually. Yeah. But if my life is on the line, I'm hoping that I can just make Aaron Donald like trip up. Yeah. But what's really going to happen is he's going to swipe my hands away, and I'm going to end up on my face, and he's going to be right by me. And it's going to oh, be yeah. that fast. Yeah, he's going to be hitting the quarterback, and I'm just going to be like, where did he go? Yeah. You remember that video, that highlight of him, and it looks like it glitches because he's moving so fast? Yes. It, it, both are impossible. <laughs> it's like me when I race that five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Move Either way, so I'm fast. dying. I'm going to take my chances with Aaron Donald, though. Yeah. Because my life is on the line. The Aaron Donald one going to be painful. If he just decides to bull rush you, you're dead. Yep. But I feel better about taking that bull rush if my life is on the line. Uh, a couple more. Would you rather... Uh, catch a blindside sack from Lawrence Taylor or get ear-holed by Nolan Ryan. I'm getting ear-holed by Nolan Ryan, not even second-guessing it. He's he probably going to throw maybe 90-mile-an-hour tops right there to my ear. I'll take that over getting my back broken and my leg twisted up the wrong way and my neck snapping off. Okay, here's where you're wrong, though. The ear hold part. You're taking it to the head. Yeah. Nolan Ryan hitting me in the, the ass, the thigh, the back. I'll take that one. Getting hit in the head with a baseball could actually kill you. Yeah, but you have that helmet on, and the helmets nowadays are really padded. Are they, though? I think so. I would much rather take that. Because I know if I'm getting hit by Lawrence Taylor, like my body is going to be broken. Yeah, it's going to be very, very sore. The thing that changes my mind is the the ear hole thing. Taking one right to the head uh, from Nolan Ryan, who I think is the hardest throwing pitcher probably of all time. That's just going to be a no for me, dog. If it's in the shoulder, the arm, the leg, like I said, that's fine. I'll do that over the Lawrence Taylor thing. It's the helmet part that changes my mind. But if it were like, hey, would you like to take a a shot to the leg from Nolan Ryan or be tackled by Lawrence Taylor? Baseball all day. I'm not even trying to fuck around with the football stuff. I messed up my pictures. I I read Nolan Ryan but was thinking Greg Maddox. (laughs) So, uh... (laughs) I'm going to change my answer. I was wondering why you said 90. I was like, yeah. Uh. Yep. Uh, my, my, my apologies there. Uh, and here's the thing that's really cool with, like, Nolan Ryan, and I've heard other people talk about this before, is the radar guns now versus um, when he was pitching. So if you go and you look at Nolan Ryan, he probably tops out, I don't know if you looked it up, what, 96, mm-hmm. 97? But the radar guns were different. And when they used to read the radar, the baseball for when he pitched, that was the speed that it reached when it was at home plate. Now the radar guns are so good, they're getting the speed of the baseball when it's coming out of the pitcher's hand. Wow. So Nolan Ryan was hitting a glove at 96. Araldus Chapman is getting it out of his hand at like 102. So Jeez. a little bit of a difference there. And with Nolan Ryan, too, I've heard people say that his wind-up and delivery was so deceptive that you couldn't tell where the baseball was, and then, boom, it was on you. Yeah. Which doesn't make really much of a difference in this experiment. But I'm still taking that football hit. 
because I'm not trying to get hit in the face. Yeah. Now, now that I'm picturing and viewing the right pitcher, I'm going to change If it my were Greg Maddox like you yeah. thought, yeah, I'll, I'll take the shot from Greg Maddox. Yep. However, with Greg Maddox, it's going to hit you directly in the ear. <laughs> yeah, he's going to put it right on the money <laughs> at 90 it, miles an hour. <laughs> exactly in the most painful spot. Like It'll probably hit you in the temple. And you're like, Suction I thought my helmet covered that. It didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, last one for you. Would you rather be able to hit a Major League Baseball home run or dunk a basketball? Hit a home run in the Major Leagues. I've dunked a basketball before. It's not, not exhilarating. Yeah. Oh, yeah? But hitting a home run, never done that. What height? <laughs> Ten feet. Yeah? Yeah. Not in a game. In warm-up. <laughs> it was a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got, I actually, I got really close to being able to dunk. The first time I hurt my knee, um, I was trying to dunk a basketball. It was getting very close, and, but we were playing basketball on um, a street, on the road. Mm-hmm. And it was in a very shitty part of town. And I came down wrong and landed and uh, twisted my knee up. And tore, like, uh, my meniscus. Yeah. And then, like, thought I was done for. I thought I tore my ACL because I didn't know. I was, like, 14 uh, trying to dunk a basketball. Came down wrong. Thought I tore my ACL. Go to the doctor. And the doctor was like, ah, your knee's probably messed up pretty bad. You need to go see a specialist. And then they couldn't get me in for two weeks yeah. to see the specialist. By the time the two weeks was up, like, I wasn't doing anything. All the swelling and pain had gone away. So I'm like... I'm fine. Go see the specialist. He's like, there's no swelling. You're not dealing with any pain. I don't really see anything on the MRI. You're cleared. You're ready to go. I went to football camp. I was like, this fucking hurts still. <laughs> and it, by the time I'd actually got surgery, I think I was trying to dunk uh, around this time of year, like into June towards mm-hmm. 4th of July. By the time I got surgery on it, it was October. And I just wow. been, I'd been to football camps and was like, oh, this is not working out. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to play. I thought I would be fine by basketball time. Went to a basketball camp. Still not good. By the time they got in there, they were like, your knee was just mangled. There's no cartilage left. And the doctor even told me, he said, you shouldn't play sports ever again. And I was like, bet. Watch me. Watch me come back from this injury. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) He was right. I should have stopped playing and never touched a basketball court again in my life. But I was out to prove him wrong. I thought I was going to have that comeback story. <laughs> Never happened for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, but I would take being able to dunk a basketball, though. Just because that's something you can still roll up and do. You're going to be like, oh, people are playing pickup? Let me get out there. I can, I can dunk. I can do that. People are going to be impressed by it. How many opportunities do you actually have to hit a home run? Even if it's just like, okay, it's not in a major league game, but it's 400 feet. Yeah. Probably I think never. getting to hit a baseball over 400 feet would be an incredible thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, one, it's just really hard to do. But, like, a basketball, like, dunking a basketball, is like, yeah, you get to do that, like, playing pickup games and stuff. But, I don't know. There's just, there's no, like, momentum change with it in, like, pickup games. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I still disagree. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a, like, for us, growing up in a small school, like, people couldn't dunk. Yeah, that's true. People weren't well, used to you, seeing Like, it. you're big country. You weren't dunking at basketball games. Mm-mm. But if you did, it would be, people would still be talking about it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could remember playing against a kid who could dunk. 
And before the game, we had talked as a team, like a meeting almost, this motherfucker's not dunking here. <laughs> yeah. And we, myself included, were ready to, like, take him out. Like, he's going to get a hard foul before he gets a dunk. Yeah, we're sweeping <laughs> the legs. In our gym. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And it didn't. I think I might have fouled out that game. <laughs> but he didn't dunk. So I, I do think that that would be something that, even today, you could just roll up to a pickup game and be like, oh, yeah, I can still dunk. Mm-hmm. Or where we're from, people would still be talking about it. Like, you remember that one time you dunked? Yeah. In a game? We used to, even when I played, we had a guy that was like six foot five. He couldn't dunk. What? Yeah. Well, that's just embarrassing. <laughs> we had a six foot four kid that was very athletic, couldn't dunk. That's just pitiful. <laughs> if I was six foot four, I know I would be dunking with absolute ease. You give me three extra inches, mm-hmm. I'm there, dude. Yeah. Story yeah. of your life. <laughs> Funny guy. Why do you always set me up for those jokes at the end of the show? I don't know, but, man, they just every day. What you doing on purpose? <laughs> if you just had three more inches, man, you'd, life would be changed. There'd be no issues. Yeah. Maybe that's why you say home run and I say dunk. It's like those three extra inches don't matter to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right, that's it for us today. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you guys joining us, putting up with our, our bullshit as we talk every weekday right here in the calling app that is the greatest place to enjoy the show um all the the comments in the chat is great and you even get some behind the scenes stories where i revealed who the handshaker was uh but we do appreciate you guys we'll be back at it tomorrow right here in the calling app thursday already thursday yeah. tomorrow talk to you then at thursday